You want to help people be captured by the vision, but you also want people to feel the weight of what it's going to look like to join you on this vision. You want them to feel that way. That's key. In this episode, we're going to be speaking about recruiting your launch team. So having spoken about building uh, prayer partners and financial partners, we're now going to spend time considering to how to build a launch team. So obviously this is going to vary significantly depending on the model of planting that you're going with, uh, but we want to give you six principles that will apply across all models. Absolutely. So here's the first one, have a planned approach to it. That is, you need to work out your pitch. Yeah. How are you going to make the pitch? How are you going to find the people you're going to pitch to? All those things, you've got to, you've got to have a planned approach. Um, yeah. And that's particularly important in a parachute plant where you're starting something from nothing, uh, but it can be equally important in mother-daughter or campus plant where you have key people in mind. Absolutely. So plan your approach. Absolutely. You might have a list of 60 people uh, you know in your area who might be able to join you. And so build the list, ask them to have a coffee over a three-month period. There's a lot of, so spread out the caffeine over that period of time. Don't do it all at once. Cast your vision to them. See if it bites, see if any traction, you get any traction there. And at the end of the conversation, ask them if they know of anyone else who you might be able to have coffee with to have this same conversation and just rinse and repeat. Do it again and again. And while you're doing that, keeping the forefront of your mind as you're doing with finances, you're not asking for yourself. You are asking them to join with you on this, but you're asking them to partner with you as you try to reach these people. So that's the first one. Have a planned approach to it. All right, you want the second one? Tell me. I'll give you the second one. Be upfront and transparent with the local leadership you're going into. Be upfront and transparent with the local leadership that you're going into there. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're doing a mother-daughter or a campus plan or in a multi-site kind of context, you want to speak with the lead pastor of your church and have a plan about how you're going to engage people in your local church mm -hmm. as to who will come with you and who won't come with you. This is a really important conversation to have in order to avoid misunderstanding and conflict. It's good to know the limits of your recruiting, what, where you are allowed to go, where you're not allowed to go. Um, and you want to be on the same page with your sending church um, and the sending leadership. The key here is clearly defined, transparent approach amongst leaders. Yeah, so you can't really stop people from joining your church plant once it's launched, but it's really what we're talking about here is influencing people before you launch um, and just having clear communication between you as a church planter and uh, any connection you have to ascending church. So it doesn't feel like you're trying to steal people, not having any um, off the books conversations or anything, but everything's just clear and transparent. Yeah, really important. Really, you want to be a high level of trust in this. Yeah. Now, if you're doing a parachute plan, it does look slightly different, but you want to make contact with local like-minded pastors in your area to meet and talk with them about your ministry. Uh, talk with them about what you're planning and pray together with them. Mm. Build that partnership there. So depending on the relationship, look, you shouldn't be ashamed to ask if they have anyone they could send you away. Come on, am I allowed? I'll tell a story. This is Tell a story. All right, I'll tell a story. When I, when I planted, you don't want to be the old guy who says, when I planted. Well, when I planted <laughs> back in the 1800s, um, let me tell you about a guy named Mark Broadbent, who unfortunately has gone to be with the Lord. Fortunate for him, uh, he was a young guy. Uh, he invited me to his church down the road to get up the front of his church to interview me about the plan that I was doing. And I didn't know he was going to get me up, but he did. And he said, he's Derek, he's planning down the road. And then he said, if anyone here wants to join Derek in his church plan, you should do that. Because we want to see as many people be saved as possible. Uh, and so if you want to come and talk to him, he'll be here after, go with him. 
what a remarkable moment of applied gospel yeah. convictions. He was a remarkable guy, Mark Broadbent. Mm. Now, the flavour of his church was different to flavour mine. He's a, he was a brother. Um, but I tell you what, that is deep gospel convictions playing out. Um, That's a godly man. He, yeah. he was a godly man. Um, and so in that, I'm saying talk to the local pastors. You'll be surprised sometimes. It can be threatening to have a church plant in your area. Um, but I say you want to have the integrity to actually go and talk to the people uh, who are already doing gospel ministry in this area. Mm. Um, we'll come back to this later, but don't assume you're the only one that can do anything here. There's a whole bunch of hubris in that, mm. um, but do it with integrity. Yeah. yeah. And if people do decide to leave and join your church plant, uh, you really want them to do it well, to not just disappear, but to have a conversation uh, with the church, with the senior minister that they're leaving. What if they aren't going to have that conversation? Yeah, that's tricky. <laughs> that's tricky. <laughs> that's pretty common, I've realised. Yeah. People yeah. just leave. It is. And again, I think we want to see this moment as a, a discipleship moment. It does say great wisdom. Like sometimes it may or may not be appropriate to call a pastor, but that would be the exception rather than the rule, I think. I think you want to encourage, encourage them to behave in a godly way, not just leave. There's a, there should be a, um, a significant moment of reflection and pain in leaving the local church body and going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so if we just allow people to move easily, then they're just going to move easily from our congregation as well. We're trying to drive home deep theological convictions in the way we engage with them. And it does start with how we talk about them joining us on mission and where they've come from. Yeah. If you're thinking about church planning, one of the tools we've developed is a church planner assessment tool. You can see it at genevepush.com forward slash CPAT. It's a tool that helps you think through the foundational characteristics of any Christian leader as well as the specific competencies and characteristics for church planners. You can do it online and we'll catch up with you afterwards to debrief you on the report. It's a great tool to help you think through where you are and what it would look like to move towards church planning. GenevaPush.com forward slash CPAT. Number four. Th- three. Oh, sorry. I'm going to do three and I'll do yeah, four go. after three. It's just the kind of crazy world I live in. Anyway, number it. three. Meet up with everyone one-on-one. We, we talked about this before, and this feels like a big task, mm. but if you're going to build a cohesive launch team who are on the same page with mission, uh, understand your values, uh, then you need to meet with people one-on-one. And you need to eyeball them. They need to eyeball you. You need to open yourself up for questions. Uh, you need to talk to them about, about where, at, where they're at. Um, yeah, I'm not saying it's easy. Mm. Are you saying it's worth it? It's oh, time-consuming? It's, it's time-consuming, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in fact, you should probably pay for coffee when you do that. Um, be generous the, with it. The planter. Yeah, the planter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't invite people and ask them to buy the coffee. Yeah. No, no. That's his free coffee. Uh, no, no. It is Tom Chew, but it's absolutely worth it, um, which is why it is. Oh, and I'll show you why. And these last three tips really, really unpack that. Here's number four. Mm. It comes after number three. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Here's number four. Talk about the upfront cost. Mm. So in this one-on-one conversation you're having with people, you want to help people be captured by the vision, but you also want people to feel the weight what it's going to look like to join you on this vision. You want them to feel that way. That's key. Yeah, yeah to understand they're not joining a cruise ship, but they're joining a lifeboat. Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly. We are going out to save as many people as we can. You know, uh, yeah. bring along your floaties because you're going to be jumping out and pulling people in every now and then. That's right. Fifth, um, in this conversation, be prepared to say no. Be prepared to say no. Uh, when you're trying to build a launch team, particularly if you're parachuting in and you have no one, 
you might feel the temptation just to say yes to every single person mm. who has any breath in them at all. Uh, don't yeah. do it. Don't do it. Yeah. So you obviously, again, you can't stop people coming once your doors are open. Um, but And this might be one of the reasons for not launching too early, but your launch team will really develop a culture and quite quickly. And you want your that culture to be healthy from the start. Yeah. And so you need to know the categories um, and the values of your own church to put before people so they can say yes or no. Mm. They can join you or not. Is this person on the same page as you? Or are they just looking for an escape from the difficult situation they're in? Mm. Uh, are they on about the same things as you? Are they teachable perhaps? Do they not only get the mission, but do they want to join you on the mission as well? Now you need to work out all those categories and those values beforehand and be prepared to say early on, no, Say it early, you will save you a whole host of pain later. What do you actually say, though? Uh, well, that's a great question. I think in this circumstance, um, one of the things in, in those moments, and you don't want to make the call too early, um, but having laid the vision and your values and your categories on the table, if they keep steering the conversation towards a particular theological bent, for example, what do you think about? No, but what do you think about? And it's a very narrow theological bent that you know a particular group of people may or may not have, but it's a secondary issue for your church. That may be an indication that they're looking for a moment in a community uh, and a hobby horse that you will not provide at this church. Mm. And so you do need to call them out on that. In those moments, I think one of the things, the best thing and the most loving thing you can do for them is say, listen, um, uh, you're a brother or you're a sister in Christ, um, I'm praying that you find a community of people where you can grow in Christ-likeness and join people on mission, but I'm not sure that this church is the church for you at this point. Mm. That was pretty now, good. Yeah, that was all right. I think that's all right. Now, yeah. I've had to say that to a few people. It's always awkward, yeah. um, but it does save you heartache in the long run. Yeah. Mm. All right, last one. Last one is this. Help those who commit know it. This is about building a connection and unity in your launch team, a common purpose in there. Yeah, and so we put some ideas in the show notes um, of ways that you might be able to do that in your launch team. We've got a few pictures. Do you want to explain them? Yeah, oh, look, if you look at the pictures, you can do this anyway. You're going to come create creative ways. And if you do, share them with other people. Uh, the ones in the show notes, uh, I've seen some churches uh, do like Jenga blocks. So you get hundreds of Jenga blocks. That's a big launch team. Let's say you get 50 Jenga blocks. Each person um, writes the name of the church and it writes their name on the back and you kind of put the Jenga blocks on. So wherever you meet for your launch teams each time, uh, you kind of do that in a physical way. And so you're walking in, you're seeing that or it's a board on the thing or it's got pray for whatever the name of the church is. But it's just those little physical things that connect people together. Uh, like when you sometimes, I've seen churches do Easter services where you write things down that you're repenting for, you're praying for and you drop them in a kind of big oh, bin yeah. that's burning. Yeah. Those physical moments are quite powerful. So yeah. if you can do those things with your launch team, um, they're really helpful for helping you share the vision together um, and for, for kind of buying in, counting the cost as a team. So they're the six principles for building your launch team partners. You want them to understand that it's a cruise ship, not a lifeboat. Oh, it's not a cruise ship. <laughs> you have to do that again. 